On this episode of Fly Purpley, the guys thought they could talk about a potential Matthew Kachuk trade. It turns out Matthew Kachuk got traded before Steve could even finish editing the podcast. Well, them's the breaks. The Philadelphia Flyers are a franchise that's been playing in the National Hockey League for a long time. Founded in 1967, the Flyers are not quite an original six franchise, but they often feel like one. Along the way, the Orange and Black have picked up a number of rivals, and you can experience them all with the rivalry plan! See the viciousness of the Anaheim Ducks! The Flyers' age-old blood feud with the Seattle Kraken! And yet another knockdown, drag-out battle with the Vancouver Canucks! Rivalry plan! Oh, Doc Emmerich came out of retirement to do that. That's so <laughs> Very nice, nice of him. Friend of the show, Doc Emmerich. Friend of the show. Oh, big time oh, yeah, friend yeah, of the yeah. show, Doc Emmerich. You can't, yeah. you can't forget about the Vegas Golden Knights either. Like, storied oh, rivalry. Oh, you can't. Nolan Patrick, Flyers, Golden Knights. It's just, it's, I mean, how, how can anyone forget about that rivalry? How can anyone forget? Uh, stick tap to PhillyGuy0818 on Twitter, who, in... <laughs> Fly Purpley Fashion has made his name on Twitter, Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. So I appreciate that. Um, wait, I have to bring the show, the the song back a little bit more, but you know, it's a little weird. But <laughs> anyway, great. I, I appreciate the homage there. And he sent this over my way the other day saying that the uh, Flyers have a ticket plan that is the rivalry plan. And I'm just going to go down the quick list of teams on the rivalry plan. And I'm using air quotes on yeah. that one. New Jersey Devils. Vancouver Canucks, New York Islanders, Colorado Avalanche, New York Rangers, Anaheim Ducks, Seattle Kraken, Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Montreal Canadiens, and Buffalo Sabres. What? What is this Most plan? of those are not even in the conference and are not right. rivals at all. Like, the only thing I can see being a rival there is, like, like I think their thinking is, well, like... The they put a few rivals in yeah. there, but they're I, they're trying to sell you on some of the games that are people are not really going to go to. Like the Anaheim Ducks, even though their '90s logo, as I think everybody knows, Amazing. I adore. Like the Anaheim Ducks are not <laughs> they're not a rival of the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. They're not, and that's also a game that when they come to town, unless there's a promotion or something, probably isn't going to be a sellout. And the same with like the Seattle Kraken. I think the novelty's worn off there and Vancouver Canucks. Like they're a real, who gives a shit. I remember I went to a few seasons back, I think maybe the season before the pandemic season, I went to a bunch of games for like 20 bucks a ticket because it was against these kind of teams. So it was Vancouver and Anaheim. I was at the game where, do you remember the game where Radko Gudis got Superman punched in a oh, fight and went down on the yes, first punch? I will never forget that. Kevin Bieksa. I was at that game. Yes, Kevin Bieksa. And I was at that game and we all just sat there and we didn't, we were in the upper level, so we didn't really have a great view of it. And we said, what happened? I didn't, I don't understand. And then we saw the replay and went, oh, he got yeah. fucked up. So here's my thing. But what a bizarre the package. The only thing I can see, like, so this Kraken game, I 
can see probably what they were thinking because, like, that's Dave Haxall's team and he's the fl- former Flyers head coach. That's still not a rivalry. It shouldn't be in the rivalry. They part. call it the windsurfing rivalry. <laughs> they call it windsurfing. Um, but, yeah, no. Like, that I can kind of see maybe where they were coming from a little bit. But, like, no. It should not be in the rivalry package at all. It's it's The whole thing is it's very bizarre and strange. The Colorado Avalanche have no part in the rivalry no. package. And, guys, you're going to sell that game. Well, you're not, not sell any game out this season. But that one might have a little bit better because they are the reigning champs right now. And, like, there's a few teams you can make justifications for. Like, obviously, the Devils are a real rival. The Islanders are a rival. The Rangers. Uh, the Hurricanes are at least in the division. I don't really think they're a rival. But, you know, they got Rod the Bods. Yeah. I might be rooting for the Hurricanes in that game at this rate. And... Buffalo, the Flyers won their second Stanley Cup against the Buffalo Sabres. So I guess they're like that. reaching so far. There was a brief, there was a brief rival period in the late '90s for the Buffalo Sabres back when they had like, uh, like Satan on the team yeah. and everything. But and Matthew Barnaby, but it has not really been the case since then. Montreal, <laughs> they're only rivals with Montreal for last place in the NHL. I think maybe the reason they have Montreal in there is just the time that Hextall like charged and fucking speared Chris Chelios that one time. Yeah. Uh, he, he hit him in the face with his blocker and Chelios had it coming because he laid out some dirty hits yeah. in that series. And, you know, I, I don't like Chris Chelios. I never have, and I never will. So I guess you could have Montreal in there for that. And the like weird Mike Richards, PK Subban thing from a few years back. That's that was still, I, I love that Flyers yeah. fans still take that to heart and hate PK Subban because of that. It's like, that was one. I still game. don't even remember what happened. I don't either. And and Subban actually has the best quote about Wayne Simmons, which is, "You do not want to fight yeah, Wayne Simmons." Like, so I, I don't know. I kind of like PK Subban, yeah. even though he's a noted devil. Is he still? Is he a free, he's a free agent? agent. Like he's so pick him up. Apparently, his plan is to play this year, but like, I don't. I think he's going to ESPN. Like, why? I think he like, should just go yeah. to ESPN. Although I didn't realize how, like, not that old P.K. Subban is. Like, granted, it's not like he's a spring chicken. Oh, he fell off quick. He did. He fell off quick. But he's only... Thir- but because he's a skilled... How old is he? He's only 33 years old. Yeah, but, like, a lot of hockey players, once you hit 30... A lot of athletes in general. Like, I- I've said this before, but Roy Halladay for the Phillies, I thought that guy was going to pitch until he was, like, 45. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, he ended up dying from non-baseball-related things but like i thought that guy was going to pitch forever and then he just hit a bump in the road one year and just lost it he lost it he couldn't pitch anymore and it sucked and suban especially with a high skill guy in hockey you know you can see grinders i mean grinders kind of wear down but they'll if you you're smart you can work it into like your late 30s but a lot of those high skill guys unless they can really play smarter instead of harder like once their skills start to degrade they really just are not that great anymore yeah the 2017-18 and 2018-19 seasons were like his pk Subban's like last years of like being good and like ever since he joined the devils he's just been so bad like absolutely, oh, it's almost like that franchise is cursed and terrible, and they should just fold. It's almost like like that, yeah. Yeah, it would probably be better for most people if the Devils didn't exist. You know who knew that? Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau knew that. He did. He was like, oh, Devil's Tale. No, no, thank you, sir. He did. Thumbs down. Very Two thumbs smart down. man. So instead, he'll go man. to Ohio. 
He'll go to Ohio, but he gets to play with Jake Voracek, and that's just fun. It is fun. God, I didn't realize they're just gonna pass back and forth from each other. I know. I, know. I forgot that um, that one time at the All Star game when like Voracek like pushed him down the ice. You know what? I, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Apparently, I saw the picture float a, a lot this past week, and it's a great. It picture. is. I forgot that that was at the Columbus All Star game. So that's kind of funny. Ah. Oh. Adorable, and now they play together in Columbus. What a what a heartwarming story, and uh, a, an increasingly bitter story. Not increasingly, actually. I think I'm less bitter today than I was last. I'm not week even when bitter. I yelled a lot on this show. I, but yeah, it's like I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, there there was a slight spike in the bitterness for me when I didn't listen to it, but I, I got the the cliff notes from somebody. Gaudreau went on to spit and chicklets podcast this week and laid out some of his reasoning I, I know he did a few different interviews and podcasts to really get it out there why he came to columbus but uh the part that i think it was matt on the blog who listened to this and gave me the cliff notes but the part that really got me was the part where he's talking about kevin hayes trying to recruit him to the flyers and then you know it just didn't the flyers happen. It didn't happen. You'd have to move multiple contracts to be able to do that. And you have to have a team as well. In some cases, contracts are extremely hard to move. In other cases, there are players that we don't want to move. We feel they're a big part of our future. Goddamn Chuck Fletcher. I, I <laughs> Oh, Chuck Fletcher. Oh, my friend. I, I really dislike you this offseason. I really hate and, yeah. yeah, it's just it, quotes like that are just. One of the worst quotes I have heard from a Philadelphia sports person in a hot minute. That press conference is one of the worst press conferences I've ever press conferences I've ever heard. In like he like and then that paired with the regress aggressive retool press conference was like. Now that conference. looks even no yeah why can't I say that word today You're you're having you're having as much trouble saying conference as apparently Trump had saying yesterday Oh my god dude it's insane Yesterday that's a hard word But but like the both of those press conferences were like so bad now in retrospect like that first one where he says aggressive retool famously is absolutely terrible now that we know that he doesn't know what aggressive retool means apparently he does not. He has no idea. I mean, he did retool. I wouldn't call it aggressive. Did he? he did he retool though? He brought in Tony D'Angelo to play. That's one, somewhere on the defense. That's one retool. He, oh wait, he had two players. How are you gonna sleep? How are you gonna sleep on Nick Delorier? Okay, Nick Delorier is gonna change the entire locker room, my friend. <sighs> He's just gonna change everything. He's just. The man, the myth, the legend. Multiple teams were going after his services, and the Flyers just, you know, they came out on top because they're the Philadelphia fucking Flyers. They got a reputation in this league. So you just brought out the John Gruden voice for a split second. and This guy, Nick Delorier, he plays with passion. <laughs> he plays with heart. And I'm now going to say something terrible that'll get me fired 10 years later. This guy. So I don't know if you saw but John Gruden just got hired by the Boston Bruins. A different John Gruden. Oh, that's right. That's right. As an With assistant an coach. And I really wish he joined the Flyers just because now, like, we'd be able to, you know, we'd be able this to say guy. it over. This guy. Let, hey, let me tell you about this guy. He's spider 2Y banana. Okay. Oh, man. What a, what a broadcast that was with the old Grudster on there and then, you know, everything since then but what a guy 
What a guy. I just, I love these moves right now because the Predators just signed Nino Niederreiter to a, a two-year, $4 million a season deal. And amazing that value. Felt like, yeah, that felt like amazing value. And the Predators are a team that, you know, if they can end up pulling a move that I want to get to talking about in a minute or two, they could be sneaky good. But like, I mean, they're already pretty great good. little move. They're already pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they brought Forsberg back, which was uh, a great move on their part. And their defense is fantastic. Roman Yossi is just one of the best in the biz. And UC Soros can be very good. Maybe I'll root for the Preds. I don't care. But Nino Niederreiter is a great little sneaky move. And that's the kind of stuff I wish Chuck Fletcher was doing yeah. instead of being obsessed with size. And I think that's what we've we our conclusion at this point, right? That's the conclusion we've come to, is that this dude is just obsessed with making this team huge. Well, I don't even and, want to say that either. Because like Tony D'Angelo is small. That's true. He's small, but like the the thing with them is they want players who I, I don't know what the fuck kind of players they want. They want I, I feel like optimally they want half of their team to be really tough and gritty, and they want the other part of the team to be like I don't know, like like so almost they just want too to be much Sanheim and Ristolainen across the entire team. They want that balance. Yeah, I feel like they don't. They want. They look at their players in one of two camps, either like really good at offense or really good at defense. Nothing in but like I, I don't know. It's like at but least they, that's but how do it they seems have anybody really good at offense? Well, I think in their Sounds. mind, Tony D'Angelo is like really good at offense, and he's going to change. I, okay. You can you can make the argument that Tony D'Angelo is really good at offense. I didn't want to talk about him. Here we are talking about, him. and I guess Joel Farabee you could say is really good at offense. Yeah, that's. I don't know how many more guys. Maybe Cam Atkinson's pretty well balanced, and I don't. <laughs> I really like Travis Connecting, but I can't really tell you what he's really like, good at. I, the way I'm talking, like, I, I should rephrase because, like. This makes it sound like the Flyers are when I say they're going they after have an guys. Actual plan. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like it makes it sound like they're going after guys who are really skilled offensively, but they're not though. Like they're going, I don't know. I can, this is me trying to explain what they're doing, but I can't because I don't know what they're doing, and they don't know what they're doing. So I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna stop talking now. Ryan just looks like the ancient aliens guy right now where he's just, his hair is just up in a big tuft and he's got his hands out and he's going like, listen, the flyers have a plan. <laughs> I feel like I'm just shell shocked still, you know, <laughs> I am shell shocked myself. I I'm really shell shocked. It's just that none of the moves really make sense. Chuck says he has a plan, but nobody in the flyers fan base feels like he has a plan. I, I wish part of that plan would be to go out and get a notable player that wants out of Calgary. Mm. And I'm not talking about Johnny Gaudreau, who got out of Calgary. I'm talking about the sound of Chuck not making a move. Kachuk. <laughs> Kachuk. Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk could be traded from the Calgary Flames any day now. Any day now. It could happen he while we're recording. Them, Legit, it could happen like right. I'd be ecstatic if it happened while we were recording. Yeah. He's, he's not coming to the Flyers. He's so good. We, I know. <laughs> not I, I'm not getting my hopes up for this remotely. I got my hopes up for Johnny G just when Emily Kaplan was saying that he wants to be in the Flyers. And, you know, you could see the moves because you're a rational thinking person that the Flyers could make to bring Johnny home and clear that cap space. But, you know, apparently the Flyers didn't see it. But I digress. But Kachuk, fantastic player. 
104 points in 82 games last season, 42 goals, 62 assists. And you've said it before, Ryan, he's a perfect goddamn flyer. He's the best flyer for what they would want right now. Like, he has high-end skill, he's gritty, he's tough, he's all that bullshit that, like, Bob Clark would want and Holmgren and all that. Like, he's literally perfect. He, he every, every person of the fan base would be happy if they were to get um, Matthew Kachuk. But it's not going to happen because it's too hard. It's not. It's too hard. It's too hard to make moves to bring in high-end, talented players that would be perfect for the goddamn yeah. team. Like, if Chuck wanted to redeem this entire offseason, to, to bring the boat back up around, to bring this corpse called the Flyers fan base back to life, this is the move that he should make. And... I don't know if there's anybody on the team I wouldn't trade to make this happen. He's 24 years old. He's a perfect flyer. Like, I would trade almost anybody. Actually, I'll just say, i trade anybody on the team to make yeah, this happen. I would, too. Like, my thing is this. Like, and I've seen a lot of people on, you know, the interwebs saying basically like, oh, well, like, one player doesn't, like, one player isn't going to save the Flyers. I agree. That's not, that's, that wouldn't happen. But you need a player. Any player to make this team competitive. And, like, he's, like, you add him to the team, he's the type of player who makes other players around him better. And I think, and he's still 24 years old. He fits he's with still the, 24 he years fits old. With the you timeline. You can build around yes, him. Yes, you can build around him. He fits with the timeline. Like, by the time he's, like, 28, guess what? You're a much better team, and all of a sudden you're surrounding him with, like, actual talent. And, like, granted, I know... He's not even in his prime yet. No, he's not. Like, he's just hitting his age-related prime. And it's like, listen, I, I understand, like, the whole situation of, like, the Flyers wouldn't want to trade... It, it's going to take a lot to get Kachuk, probably, I think. Or, or perhaps not that much, because, like, I know he kind of holds... The ball's kind of in his court, because he's kind of choosing where he's going. <clears throat> but, like... And teams know that, so like I feel like Calgary is going to get fleeced in this deal, which the Flyers should be all over. Definitely now, a smart GM would be over yes, this. yeah, a smart GM would be all over. This. But we don't have a smart GM, which is unfortunate. But here's the thing: no, it's very unfortunate. So like the thing is, like I understand why the Flyers would be hesitant to do this because like they've traded a shitload of their draft picks recently for dumb reasons, and <laughs> now. We're all looking for the guy who did this. They, they like I feel like they probably don't want to trade more draft picks because their prospect pipeline is not exactly stocked with much talent right now. Like aside from um you know Cutter and aside from I would say Forrester, Forrester I would say Brink. Well and Brink, yeah. I guess York's with the team now. Yeah, I kind of consider like, Brink. Brink the team Brink's too. a guy with a decent upside. Yeah, I love Brink. Yeah, but like I, I kind of consider him at this point not a prospect anymore. Well, he's only he's only had a cup of coffee with the Flyers, though. So I, I would still, until he's like a regular yeah, NHLer, yeah. I consider him a prospect. But regardless, right? Like we're talking about what three guys? Yeah, exactly. Like those are the three dudes, and like, and I like Zade Wisdom, but he's, he's not. He's more of a Wayne Simmons. Type yeah, I love than, I love him, and I love Wayne Simmons. You need a Wayne Simmons type, but he's not a high end skill guy yeah and i like emil andre too he's like a really he's a small defenseman that they drafted a couple years ago in the second round and i like him a lot but like fuck man like the prospect pool is not even close to where you would optimally like it to be so i understand why the flyers would be hesitant to trade first round picks and like high draft picks 
next year's first round draft pick, I understand wanted to keep that. Like, because they have a legit chance at possibly getting um, Connor Bedard. But, like, fuck, man. Players like Kachuk don't come around often. And when they do, you have got to go for it. You have to. You have to because he's he's so good and he makes everyone in the fan base happy. He makes everyone in the front office happy probably because he fits exactly what everyone would want, you know? And I just – it's such a no-brain move for the Flyers, but they're not going to do it because they're like I, – I don't want to use this word, but like they're – it feels like they're scared to do it. They're, they're like – they just are unwilling to do that and they're so – unwilling to you know strive away or move away from their current plan or whatever the hell this thing is and go off the beaten path and try and get a superstar player but it's like look be realistic like i feel like they realistic they actually think they have a legit shot at like competing for a playoff spot this year and i'm like guys what kind of hallucinogenic herbs have you been on recently i just I don't know. And if we think about when the Flyers have really had stud teams in the past, right? We think about these big, the the Flyers teams that haven't quite won it, but have had chances to win it all. We're talking about teams that have had Eric Lindros, John LeClaire, Jeremy Roenick, Simone Gagne. And I know Gagne is not quite a, a, a tier A guy, but, you know, Chris Pronger, Danny Briere, like, they've had these high-end talented guys that you need to have to really compete. Like, we talk all the time with the Sixers about superstars, right? And they have a couple legit superstars, so that's why they're in the conversation to compete for a title. And the Flyers don't have this. And I know it's a little harder in hockey because you have a very limited salary cap you need to spread the wealth, but you gotta spend your money smart. That's what it really comes down to. You got to be smart with your goddamn money. And the Flyers are just completely foolish with their money. You look at their salary cap and you wonder how it's full with what they have. You can't win without some sort of superstar, like star player on your team. And right now, listen, dude, I love Sean Couturier. He's so good. He's not, I wouldn't quite put it to say he's a superstar, you know? And like, especially now. After this surgery that he's had, like, who knows if he'll come back and be the same. And plus, even if he does come back the same, he's, again, let me preface this. I love Sean Couturier, but he's really injury prone. He's, like, guaranteed to miss at least, like, 15 games a year, you know? Yeah, and that, and that sucks, but it's, it is the reality we're living in at this point. And even on Couturier's best day, he's Patrice Bergeron. Who, Patrice great. Bergeron. He's a great player. Really fantastic player, right? But... How many cups has Patrice Bergeron won? He's had the one cup, right? And that was like way back when with the Bruins. It's been a hot minute with them. And Patrice Bergeron is a fantastic player, but he's part of the puzzle to winning. Yeah. Like, he's like not really. And he, he's like a large part, but you need a bigger part. Like the Bruins have Pasternak. They have Marchand. They have these like stud players that really can help them compete. And they're still missing a bunch of shit. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I love Patrice Bergeron. I think he's one of the best players to play in the NHL over the last like 15 years. But like the the thing the thing with Couturier is like like I guess you could say that he is what Bergeron would be if Bergeron weren't surrounded by high-end talent. But But even that like we've seen Couturier with 
Drew and Voracek. That's when he succeeded the yeah. most, was when he had those guys who are, I, I would call them high-end talent. Yeah. And now he doesn't now, even have Giroux. Would you, he doesn't even have Giroux, which I'm extremely concerned about. What is that top line going to look right. like? And I love Cam Atkinson. We're going to talk about Cam in a few minutes, too. But, you know, if your top line going into the season is Couture, Atkinson, and who did I have paired up on the the top left at this point like does tk play the left at all would it be like who's even on this team at this point my friend because Joel Farabee is not going to play to start the season yeah no he yeah he's not so who plays on the left side of that top line right oh i'll now? tell you who's playing on the left side steve I side i said sign jesus christ i saw the sign i saw the sign james van reemsdyke that's who saw the sign JVR, everybody. The fan favorite, James Van Reemsdyke. He's going to put up 35 goals this year, my friends. He's not. I wouldn't bet on Why, that. You know what would be so flyers? If he does score 35 and then Chuck Fletcher signs him to like a four-year extension worth like $7 million again. It's almost too perfect. That's amazing. This is good. Lock it in. If I can bet on that future happening, I think it's going to happen. Contract year, baby. Because here's Roll the thing. Up the James Van Riemsdyk mobile. We're going streaking. Right now, he's extremely likely to play on the first line, I feel like. Or, like, he's at the very least a legit option to play on the first line. Someone's, yes, who's gonna, who else is going to do Someone's going to have to score is goals. Is it going to be Noah Cates? Yeah. Like, someone's going to have to score goals. And on a team like this, even bad players, if someone has to score goals, like, their stats look better than the player actually is just because they were put in a position to succeed. Where realistically, like, JVR is not, like, a first-line player at all. Definitely not. But like, if he wasn't he... even a first line player in his prime, like Toronto had him on the third line in the power play. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's it's a weird. I I can just see it. I can just see him like kind of not going off, like not having an all star year or anything like that, but like being like you know a decent source of goal scoring, and then just. Getting a massive contract extension. I'm going to laugh. So, well, even if he gets like $5 million a year extension, it will be fucking hysterical. And let's reiterate the point. This is not because we don't like James Van Riemsdyk. We like James Van Riemsdyk fine. He's a guy who's overpaid by about $3 million a season. But we like James Van Riemsdyk. He seems like a great guy. But this is not the kind of player that the Flyers need to be playing $7 million a season no. right now. And he's not giving you that kind of production that really justifies that. And he's not a guy that this team should be signing after this season because they need to get younger. They need to get as much high-end young talent in there as they can. You know, people forget he led the team in goals last season, Steve. Oh, wow. So uh, I think you got to bring him back. <laughs> oh, about Good that. source bring of goal back. scoring. Bring them all back. Run it back. This team's perfect. Don't change a goddamn thing. Chucky Two Trades, you're great. You're not Chucky Two Trades anymore, by the way. I can't call you that in good conscience no. anymore. And uh, apologies to Craig's great nickname. Fantastic nickname from Craig there, an all-timer. But Has I he even made two trades this offseason? No. He's made one trade this I mean, offseason. In- Tony D'Angelo was like uh, a number of trades in one piece of shit. But whatever. Um Chuck Fletcher, man, really, a lot of people propose Chucky bad trades, which I enjoy, but I, I feel like we need to come up with a good, 
a, a new Chuck Fletcher nickname. So to TBD on that front. Going back to Chuck real quick. So uh, there's a report out there per a source from uh, Jeremy Rutherford and Haley Salvian at The Athletic that there are a handful of teams that are acceptable teams for a long-term contract for Kachuk. Uh, those include the St. Louis Blues, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers, the Nashville Predators, and the Dallas Stars. So if the Predators... I think the Predators are one of the most intriguing teams on this list here because they did just make that Niederreiter move and that gives them a little bit more flexibility yeah. to try and pull something like this off. So if they can have Chuck, they can have Forsberg and they have Roman Yossi back there. They could actually, if they pull off this move, that actually could be a franchise changer for the Predators. That would be so fun if he was in Nashville. Like, <clears throat> for multiple reasons. Like, one, the team would be super fun, but I'm just imagining him, like, in the offseason, skipping down the streets of Nashville with a cowboy hat and boots on, just doing... Oh, uh, Brady coming Brady down. Brady coming down. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, that's, that's like, one of my... Th like, I think what I hate the most about this Kachuk situation is, like, now I know the dream of, like, not just Matthew Kachuk, but both Kachuks being a flyer now is, like, out the window. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that was my dream. Was like they they trade for Brady Kuch or uh, Matthew Kachuk. Brady becomes like a free agent one day, or he requests a trade, and then he chooses to come to Philly because that's where Matthew is. And then we have like the <laughs> Kachuk brothers in Philly, just like going ham. Oh my god! What what an amazing timeline that would be. <laughs> but instead, we have Matthew going God knows where, and we have Claude Claude Giroux. Playing with Brady Kachuk, just not in Philly. Yeah, it's right, yeah. let's let's go Sens, let's go Preds. You know anybody but the goddamn Flyers. The other teams on this list, so St. Louis. That's an I hope he doesn't go to St. Him. Louis. That just uh, I don't know why, but that annoys me. Like I just don't want him there. <laughs> but that's where he grew up, right? He grew up in St. Louis when his dad when was there. Keith was playing with the Blues. Yeah. So that's that's the obvious one, but yes, that would be annoying because it, it feels like St. Louis kind of just like stumbled into a Stanley Cup a couple years ago, and I don't know. They're just a weird franchise at this point. But they got Ryan O'Reilly. That uh, I'll tell you what, they got one of the best two-way players up there. I don't really know who they have on defense right now. I think they have a couple decent guys, but and they yeah. have a weird goaltending situation. Yeah, they got Pareko. Benning yeah, Bennington. I feel like they're trusting Bennington a little too much. Like, yeah, trading sure. Huso, and like, dude, I think you're trading the wrong goalie right here, brother. <laughs> but Bennington won a cup. I'll hang up and listen. God. Yeah, but I just I love that Vegas is on this list. Because they're always Vegas in the just list. has to be involved in every goddamn trade every anymore. single time. And every like, time. the funniest thing is like, I, I retweeted this the other day. Let me try and find it. Someone said. um, don't cry because Matthew Kuchuk didn't name your team as a desired destination. Smile because Vegas is going to fire sales some more players to try to get him. And it's so true. That was by uh, at the active stick, a.k.a. Laura. Fantastic. Yes, yes, Laura's great. Uh, that's hilarious. And it's it's so true. I mean, again, the Hurricanes got Max Pacioretty for free. From the goddamn Golden Knights because their cap situation is so insane. But Vegas still, even though it's hard, makes stuff happen. They always do. And that's why Vegas, I feel like, is going to be maybe not good for, like, 
forever, but like I think this is why the team itself is going to be a success in Vegas for forever is because they're always involved with shit like this. Always. Oh, it's always a show. Always a show. So like, I don't know. I feel like like they're going to be involved and I don't know how they would do it. I have no idea how they would possibly get Kachuk, but doesn't make any sense. I don't really understand how they do it either, but I guess we'll see. And then the Florida Panthers are on this list. I mean, they couldn't even keep Claude Giroux because they couldn't move the money, but they have a ton of talent that they can move around for this kind of deal. And that would be an insane team if they didn't have to move uh, Huberdeau or Barkov or anybody because, I mean, those two guys alone make an amazing hockey team. And then Ekblad's fantastic. You really have some nice pieces on that team. And if they could add a Kachuk, well, that's a crazy team right, right. there. Right, yeah. My God, yeah. That would be that would be nuts. I just like, I don't know. I feel like the team, I, I, I just hate that he's, I feel like he's bound for St. Louis. St. Louis or I, I, I have a feeling about Nashville, not to get Eamon's hopes up, but Nashville feels interesting to me. But it does feel like, well, it also felt like Johnny Gaudreau was destined to be on the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers and they really fumbled that ball. I, Nashville's the the team I want him to go to most. That would be so much Nashville's fun. the team, I and I don't want him to go to Dallas. I feel yeah, like he's going to be Dallas. wasted on Dallas. You know what, They're not, you know what they say. Dallas sucks. Yeah, Dallas sucks. Even though you're a noted Dallas Cowboys. Fuck player. off. Oh, dude, Thomas <laughs> Williams, if you're listening to this pod. Oh, my God. Thomas, this is all on you. All right. I should, okay. Let me explain. Okay. So, <laughs> I tweeted yesterday. The Cowboys put out a video of their new helmet. And listen, I hate the Cowboys. I hate, they're my least favorite franchise in all the sports. I truly think that if you support the Dallas Cowboys, you are giving in to like an evil empire type thing. Like you are truly making the world worse by liking the Cowboys. And, but I will admit objectively, the helmet that they released yesterday is clean. It's a nice helmet. It's a very cool helmet. And so I put that on there. And then Thomas Williams said, Ryan, uh, Cow- Cowboys fan, Ryan. And I was like, bro, I'm going to throw hands. He says, more like you'll throw hands together when Dak throws touchdowns, baby. And now I'm just getting shit from everybody about this. So I should just delete the tweet, but that would be cowardice. Well, Ryan, I really hope you get to enjoy watching Cowboys games with Pierre LeBron. <laughs> God, dude, no. I love that, that Thomas just gets to live. The, he's the most free of anybody on Broad Street Hockey because he doesn't have these Philly affiliations. He is just a mercenary yeah. who comes on and he gets to dunk on us. <laughs> he gets to make fun of us all the time. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll enjoy the Senators today. I'll enjoy the Devils because I have no taste today. I'll enjoy the Maple. Like, he just gets to bounce around. And there's something very freeing about that. And I'm very jealous because I'm just tied down to this eternal pain and misery of being a Philadelphia sports fan. And I've chosen this life and I continue to choose to live this life. And I will never not live this life. But I used to be like that. And it's tough. I used to be like that too. When I was covering the wild, I was at Hockey Wilderness. And like, I was like going into that. I had literally like negative zero interest in the Minnesota wild. Like I just didn't care about them at all because why would you? And um, when I was covering them, I, I kind of felt like that because like 
the Wild would do something stupid and the fans would be having a meltdown on Twitter. And I would just be sitting there laughing. Like, this is so funny to me because I have no emotional investment into this team. So it's just, I'm kind of sitting there watching with a bag of popcorn. It sounds nice. I, I'm very jealous of that life. And, you know, maybe maybe someday I'll just make that decision for my own mental health and, you know, go live that... uh my bet, my bet life right there is true breeze. Uh, stupid I hate, I hate that commercial. dude. The, all three of them where it's just like, okay, we didn't really travel to space. Okay. We didn't really catch giant Marlin. Chris here is afraid of sharks. Oh my God. Like what the hell? They're so bad. The, the, those are all the, all of the betting app commercials are just atrocities. The DraftKings one where the ladies like listen the uh the hockey terms out there like, oh he's gotta let us in his bucket and blah blah blah. I was like, shut Dude, up. Dude, the M- I hate this commercial. The MGM one with Wayne Gretzky where he looks like he's about to stomp on you like an ant. Where like the <laughs> lights coming up, it looks like he's telling a horror story around a campfire. And I'm just like, oh my God, like pick a different That's angle. That's actually the story. <laughs> That's the story that the the 80s flyers tell each other is the horror story of Wayne Yeah, Christie. really. But dude, like this poor guy. Oh my god, I like watched the ad and like his face is like horrifying in it and it's just ugh. <laughs> It's like did you ever I don't I don't mean to bring up the ex-president again, but did you ever see the the famous Trump picture where he's like holding on to the mystery globe, the orb no. with like two other world leaders? No. You've never seen this picture? Oh my god, I need to send this to you. It is an insane picture, and it's a lot like the Gretzky thing you're talking about. And <laughs> I'm going to send this to you. Uh, Trump orb. Let's see. I bet it comes up. Yep, it came up immediately. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my god. Um, oh, there's two insane ones. I'm going to send you, I think, the more insane of the two. Okay, so let me see. Here's the orb. Oh, dear god. <laughs> oh my god this looks like something like they're about to unleash some evil literally on the whole world yeah it, it looks like they're about to open a portal to another dimension yeah. to let in a monster good god they're about to open up the upside down bro <laughs> that's exactly what's what going on it's, about to, it's an insane picture and that sounds a lot like what you're talking about with the lighting on gretzky in that ben mgm commercial i'm gonna take a screen grab and just kind of like send it to you and like the yeah the like angle of it is scary too it's just like odd he's like looking down at you with like ice clusters melting behind him maybe he's responsible for like global warming or something well that's that's how you live your bet life right there that is how you live your bet life Let's so see. goddamn stupid all this stuff i here's the I love sports gambling, but my God, are the commercials terrible? The whole thing's very predatory to just steal money from addicts, and ah, uh, it all sucks. Oh, that is terrifying. It looks like Wayne Gretzky is about to unveil his uh, new product to continue warp global warming. Oh, God, like he looks evil. I'm Wayne Gretzky for global warming. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the great Good one God. at destroying the planet. <laughs> all these supervillains out here. Yeah. Yeah, he just looks like too villainous in that. And I'm like, dude, maybe chill out. <laughs> maybe. Let's maybe relax here, yeah. guys. Let's, just, let's dial it back just, a notch. Just think about that. Just think about that, please. Well, I, I've been resisting getting into this, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. John Tortorella has spoken. 
on the roster. And he had a lot to say to NBC Sports Philadelphia's Jordan Hall. And these quotes sure were something. And, this, you know, this is what you expect from Torts, right? You expect him to be outspoken. He's not a guy who's shy about his opinions on matters. And you have to understand that he does have to motivate his team. He has to defend his team. Cam Atkinson retweeted the article with the like huff emoji or whatever the hell that thing is, which I thought that thing was dead after Ben Simmons overused it. And we all saw how that story has been going. Yeah. Insane story. Like, yeah, it's, it's uh, the whole thing has been kind of a, a cluster. If you know what I mean. Yes. I I'm, I'm very aware of what you mean, but you know, I, I get the torts is trying to rally the troops here, but you know, to come out and say, like, I'm pissed off about some of the things said about a couple of the players and Tony D'Angelo. At least some of the things I've read. I haven't read them all. I don't spend my day trying to listen to everybody, what they're talking about. <laughs> that alone is it's a load words. of words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And like, so but like, right. uh, continue, <sighs> Steve. Sorry, I think you were about to say something else. I don't even know where I'm, I'm going with this, but because I've written down all the quotes, but I, I don't want to read the whole yeah. thing. I'm trying to find some. T- I really should have had. Oh, this God. Down. Yeah, I've, very I forgot how week. many quotes there are. He he went on, man. Yeah. This should have just been a podcast. But he said, like, uh, Tony D'Angelo is a hell of a player. Tony D'Angelo is personality. Is he going to say and do some stupid stuff? You're damn right he is. But I'd rather have a guy doing stupid stuff than having a choir boy just sit there going about your business. Okay. All right. So right there. I understand a lot of people are like, they hear that quote and they immediately say, oh, he's just kind of like waving away the fact that Tony D'Angelo has been known to say some racist things. I don't think he's, it's what it sounds like, but that was not Torts' intention. Like, Torts is just, he's really bad at saying things in certain ways. And he's not a PR guy. He's, he's not absolutely a PR guy. not a PR guy. He's the worst PR guy on the planet. And like, um, <laughs> he's just like, it's true. He's like, he, like uh, people are out here saying, Oh, he condones Tony D'Angelo. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's just, he does. He's just talking out of his ass because that's kind of what torts does. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I think the thing for, for, my perspective on this, what irritated me about these quotes is that he really seemed to go out of his way to to defend Tony D'Angelo. And like, I, I again, I totally understand what his intention here is and why he's saying all this, because he's got to rally the troops. He's got to right. be behind his guys, because that's what a good coach does. I think a lot of the times people don't realize when GMs will come out and, you know, like when Andrew McDonald was really at the, the height of his starfishing powers, right, that. Ron Hextall or whoever would come out and say like, no, Andrew's a good player. We really value him. Yeah. That's what they have yeah. to say. If you come out and say the guy's a piece of shit, they have no trade value. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you do that, and like, I know a lot of people are saying like, how can you coach a team with Tony D'Angelo on it? A racist. And it's like, well, dude, he's not the GM. He didn't make this decision. And if he says, I'm not coaching this team with Tony D'Angelo, they'd be like, okay, get the fuck out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like another, you'll lose your that's job. Another, Five million down the tube or whatever Exa- for Kyle. Yeah, exactly. But again, that's this is a very as K- Kelly's pointed out before. This is a huge corporation. It's not really that much money, but you know they don't want to just write off millions of dollars for another coach down the tubes. But you know he has accepted this mission to be the coach of the team, so he is going to say this stuff. But I-, I was a little bothered that he seemed to go out of his way to really be like, I'm bothered about the thing said about Tony D'Angelo. I think most of the stuff said about Tony D'Angelo is really warranted, yeah. Mr. Torts. But, you know, uh, 
I guess we're gonna maybe what he's saying to disagree on this. Front. Maybe what he's referring to is like his on ice stuff, because a lot of people obviously on like the internet are saying that he fucking sucks, which he does. That defense, he's terrible at defense. He's very bad at defense. He's very good at offense. Yes, he's good at offense on a good team. But like, why is it pissing you? Off? I, I again, again, that's maybe, just torts. That's just torts saying. That's just torts. Yes, yeah, he, he's he's a fiery dude, and I'm sure it doesn't actually piss him off. He's probably just saying that because. That's what will get the attention of the players. They'll be like, oh, he's defending us. He's pissed off that people are saying mean things about us. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we have, like, people are saying, you know, a lot of nasty things about Torres right now. And I, like, I get it. I do understand because it's not a good look. But I kind of see where he's coming from. And, like, we have been given so much evidence in the past that Torts is a good human being. So that's my thing, you know? Yeah, he, he is a good human being. And, again, I, I understand the game here. I understand what he's saying. I just think he went a little too far out By of saying he's pissed off. Really, yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. To really come go to bat for TDA right here. But, again, I don't really want to talk too much about that situation because I've said my piece. Now... Uh, we'll point out this one more quote from here. Uh, he said, it pisses me off some of the things that have been said about those guys because I think everybody wanted the big, the big splash. Well, we have to wait our turn for that big splash. We still have some things to do with our foundation of the team. And maybe when our cap releases and contracts are moved or things are sorted out that way, maybe that's when you look for that. Torts, my, my, my guy. I know you got to go to bat for Chuck Fletcher here, but... I think Bill has pointed this out very uh, perfectly that the Flyers, the writing was on the wall that this was the time for the big splash. Yes. This was the time for the Johnny Gaudreau splash. You had a 115 point player, right? 115 points last season. Something like that. Yeah. Something a like that. Points. Who wanted, who wanted to be here? He wanted to be here. And the Flyers said, nah, I'm good. I'll pass. So, it's pretty irritating towards it is. It's okay. irritating. Get, but like, what is he supposed to irritating. say? You know, if he says, I, I, I agree, but maybe just, I don't know. Say less. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good, <laughs> I know he's never going to say, it. and this is going to be the game all season. This is a nice season preview right here with buckle in. This is what's going to be life for a few, I don't know, years, months, who even knows what the torts timeline will yeah. be. But oh my god, this is uh, this is a good start right here. Let me tell you. And when they first hired I'm just Torts, of the big splash. When they first hired Every- Torts, uh, I'm sorry, Steve. I keep cutting you off. When when they first hired Torts, my my idea of the length of his tenure was like I, I could see him being here like three, four years, like you know, pr- pretty much the duration of his contract, and certainly par for the course for Flyers coaches. Yes, yeah. Now, after the, some of the moves they've made. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen at all. He's going to be here five months or five years right now. Yeah, it's either going to be, he's either going to be here for like, it's either going to be a Vancouver Canucks torts tenure or like a Rangers torts tenure where it's like, you know, four or five years. Um, and it's just like a lot of, a lot of shit happens while he's there, but like, you know, so. All the talk of the big splash just reminds me of the first time that I went on Splash Mountain. Famous ride right there. Everybody knows Splash Mountain. And what's your expectation when you go on Splash Mountain? To get splashed. You want the big splash. You want to be wet when you come off that ride on a hot day at Disney World. That's what happens. I went on Splash Mountain 
I didn't get the big splash. And that's what it feels like today. That's I came off bone dry from Splash Mountain. That's sad. That's it's like they sad. took the that's how the Philadelphia Flyers. It's like they took the water out of the, the pool down there. Exactly. Exactly. It's a bone dry pool right now, and it's very hot. That sounds great right now. My God, I wish I had a pool. I wish I had air conditioning that worked my living room. It's a, a good time right here in Steve land. Fun fact. I can't, speaking of theme parks, I can't ride rides. Oh, wow. Why is that? I have like horrendously bad motion sickness. Oh, okay. Okay. My dad can't do spinny rides for that. Yeah, reason. I can't do it. But here's the interesting though. I can do water rides. And I think the reason huh. why is because in a water ride, I have some semblance of control like, I can use my feet to put on, like, the sides of, like, the little half-cylinder thing and, like, you know, go down. And while I'm in my tube, I can, like, use my legs or my hands to kind of, like, control basically where I'm going. You know what I mean? And Okay, on a so you don't coaster, like being locked down. Oh, no. Like, when I'm in a car, nope. if I'm not driving. <laughs> Nobody put... <laughs> Nobody puts Quigsy in a corner. Dude, if I'm in the if I'm in like the passenger seat of a car, I have to look straight ahead at the road. If I don't, wow. If I look, if I look down at like my, I can't text while I'm in the in the car. Holy shit! It's I could write a whole novel in a car. Oh, dude, I will literally, I'll start getting like really sick. You would lose your shit on my corporate shuttle bus then. Because I, for my day job, I will get a, a shuttle bus back to Center City, Philly. And this thing is Mr. Toad's wild ride most of the time. <laughs> it is bumpy as yeah. hell. And sometimes they get us a party bus, okay? So it's like one that clearly people will have like bachelor parties in and stuff because it's got like the champagne glass well and everything and the, the changing lights over top. And let me tell you, these things were not meant to go at rush hour speeds over a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just bumping out of my seat. I'm probably going a foot in the air. It's ridiculous. So it's you. All right. So when I was up in Connecticut for the Olympics, um, for the Beijing Olympics, we had a shuttle take us to and from the NBC sports headquarters. And um, some, there were some mornings, which is my, which was me coming home because I worked until 11 a.m. Um, there were some mornings where I'd be coming home to the hotel and I'd be on the shuttle and I don't know who the fuck these these shuttle drivers were, but they thought that they were in like Tron or some shit. And so like, we're <laughs> like, it's 11 a.m. The sun's peeking up. It's like really cold. Dude, they were flat, like... When I say we were going like 65 miles an hour through some of these like back streets in the middle of like downtown Stamford, Connecticut, it was like the, there were like potholes everywhere. I felt, dude, that was some wild shit. And I was like holding on for dear life. I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I hope no one's crossing in the crosswalks because they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> there's no way. There's no possible way you can survive being slammed by this thing. Jeez, that was oh nuts. Yeah, the, yeah, you want then you would not do well on the old uh, the old corporate shuttle that I have to go on. It's an interesting. Time. If there are turns but, and uh, twists, oh baby, that's it for me. It it's mostly straightforward. It's mostly highway, but it's it's bumpy and it's yeah. fast. It's kind of crazy. I think if I'm going straight, I'm okay for the most part. Like when bumps okay. get involved, then it gets a little sketch. But like if it's mostly straight, then I'm cool. Like if I'm driving down to Florida. 
and I'm, I'm just like on I-95, then I could probably look at my phone if I'm in the passenger seat. But like if I'm driving through the mountains, like a couple weeks ago, I went on a hike and we were driving through the mountains. I was driving and I was getting sick. Mm, it gets very twisty. Yeah. So what was the name of your mountain again? Old Rag Mountain, baby. I'm going to see you on Old Rag Mountain. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, we're talking about traffic. We're talking about, you know, twists and turns and sitting there and all that bullshit. You know what's going to cause a lot of traffic? If the Sixers proposed stadium gets built in 2031, Uh which sounds hilariously far away, but probably will sneak up on us. And that's how life goes. And then you're not here anymore. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. But the Sixers lease is up at the Wells Fargo Center in 2031. At that point, that stadium will be, I think, over 40 years old. So, you know, it's reasonable for the Sixers to want to move. And this is, you know, Quiggs, I know you're not a Philly, you know, born and bred guy. So you probably don't know this, but Philadelphia has had its share of you know, times where people have thought about building stadiums in downtown Philadelphia uh-huh. because everything's been in very, the outskirts of the city, basically in deep South Philly for a while now. And, you know, it, it's, we've talked about the Phillies specifically talked about having a stadium in the Chinatown area uh, before Citizens Bank Park was built. And it's one of those things where it's interesting from, a mass transit and people in the city getting their perspective, but from people from the suburbs who want to come in and catch a game, it sounds like a nightmare because you can't really, where are you going to park? I'm sure they'll build a garage, but you know, you can't really tailgate for that kind of stuff or anything. See baseball. That's a bigger deal. I think baseball, I think you do a lot of tailgating football. You need lots to really enjoy the experience. Now basketball and hockey, since they're played primarily in the winter months, tailgating doesn't really happen as much you know some people do it but it's not on the level of a phillies or eagles so in theory the sixers having a downtown stadium could be a really cool thing and that area has really struggled uh the gallery which is i i refuse to call it the fashion district they were calling it the fashion district in all the press releases and this is the area down around like 9th 10th 11th market and They rebranded it, but back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, it was this shitty mall called The Gallery. And I I have memories of, like, stopping and getting, like, Taco Bell breakfast before going to Temple U or something like that. And it it was a way station for the L. Like, there was a direct L stop and everything. But uh, it's kind of struggled since COVID and everything, like a lot of shopping areas have. And... There was a Chick-fil-A there that had a hilariously long line, and then that folded up at the beginning of the pandemic. So, good times all around. And it would be interesting for the Sixers to build a stadium there, because even though the the fashion district is fairly new, it hasn't really done anything anytime. It's kind of abandoned right now. Not quite abandoned, but it's not as full as they anticipated it being. So, it's interesting, but... uh, And they're... I guess there's things like there's a movie theater there. It's like kind of nice to have a, a little way station. That's not a sports venue at that stop, but it would also be nice to have a sports venue. That's near a bunch of public transportation. And the hope would be that this would actually, the Sixers would put some money into the goddamn public transportation and, you know, make some of the stops a little nicer around there because 
there's a Patco stop from New Jersey, there's a regional rail stop for the suburbs, and there's an L stop for Philadelphians, and there's a number of bus routes that go there. So it would be very accessible from public transportation, but traffic-wise, total nightmare. And I made a joke on Twitter about the Flyers uh, leaving uh, the Wells Fargo Center to go to a 5,000-seat college arena because the Coyotes, I think, most people who listen to the show are aware of that situation, so they get the joke. But I got some very earnest replies on Twitter on this one for people who are like, the Flyers own the Wells Fargo Center. I'm aware, guys. I'm aware. My thing is this. Like, I'm not from Philadelphia. And I think the main concern that a lot of fans have is like, well, if you're not from Philly, this is going to make it so much harder to go to games. Because, like, you can't park downtown. You're going to have to drive. Like, where are you going to park your car to go to a game, you know? And I don't know. Like, I'm not concerned because, like, I know, like, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But it just makes it a little bit harder. And, like, I've seen some people on Twitter saying, like, what? Does this make people, like, Philly fans who don't live in Philly less, like, a lesser, you know, level of Philly fan? And it's like... No, it shouldn't, but, like, it's almost what some people feel like. So I'm sure they're going to build a huge parking garage. I think people are taking this to the extremes they seem to do with everything nowadays. Like, nobody can just have a, a non-hot take about stuff. Right. And there will be a parking garage. I think the traffic is probably the biggest concern, but, you know, I mean, traffic happens. I do like that it would actually be more convenient to come in through public transportation, though, for the suburbs, because that is a big regional rail stop from the suburbs. The thing is, SEPTA's got to get their shit together if they do this, and SEPTA is notorious for being shitty. And if they got their shit together and they had more regional rail trains that left later, then this could be great for people, because the regional rail is a pretty good way to come in and out of the city, and you the station would be right by where the stadium is so this the, for perspective for anybody who doesn't live in philly the regional rail goes out to all the surrounding pennsylvania philadelphia suburbs and it is actually a nice way to come into the city leaving the city not so much and jefferson station's kind of a so-so station it could be a little sketchy sometimes but I imagine the Sixers would probably hire extra security because where they plan to build this thing is right on top of where Jefferson Station is. So it's a pretty major hub, and almost anybody from Pennsylvania would be able to get in through that. And Jersey has a train line that goes to 8th and Market, so it would only be a couple blocks away. So it actually would be very accessible through public transportation for almost everybody. So you mean to tell me that the Sixers' new arena is going to be a train station? I do! Much like the New York Rangers train station arena. And the Knickerbockers. The New York Knickerbockers. The famous, the most famous train station in the world. Madison Square Garden. (laughs) Madison Square Garden. The most famous train station in the world. Yes, that's exactly what I mean to tell you. But it's, I think it's smart. I think it's actually smart in that regard. And I kind of, at first I was like, that's a terrible idea. But I've kind of come around on it. And it's mostly because they've tried so many things at 10th and Market, and it's almost always a disaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Fashion District was a good idea in theory, but it really, really flopped hard. It's been terrible, and I don't want to see the construction there. 
for the next decade. It's going to suck. And there's been construction all over that area. Like, the, the city has made a big push to revitalize that general area. I know Jefferson tore down a bunch of buildings, and they're trying to build more stuff up. And I feel like I've been seeing them tear down these buildings. Because I have a bus route that I get to go home from Center City that goes right by there. So I've been seeing this construction in real time for years. So I don't really want to see more construction. I don't want to see more stuff torn down. And also, I don't, you know, as a... As an environmental nerd, I don't really like seeing, you know, more machinery and construction and shit like that. But, um, and, you know, the Wells Fargo Center with the renovations, the Flyers put a lot of money into it recently. Like, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a perfectly fine arena. It's not like the greatest arena, but it's perfectly fine. And I don't really see the need to have more arenas, but I understand from the Sixers perspective because they don't have ownership over the current arena. They don't have any ownership stake in the Wells Fargo Center. So they, they want to draw more of that money for themselves and, you know, any concerts that come in and things like that would be cool to have a new concert venue. I'm not going to lie. It, it almost seems like, like I get why they're doing it, but it's like, does the silly city, silly, does the city actually need a new arena? And like, I feel like the answer to that is no, they, I don't, I don't think they actually need it, but like, but I, I actually wonder, so what I've talked myself into, Quakes, here, is I actually think it might be really good for downtown Philly to have this yeah. there. Because I think the Sixers could put more money into the public transportation there and actually help. Like, that's that's, that's a true. weird area. Yeah, that's true. It's a weird area because it's the connection between City Hall, which is Philadelphia City Hall, one of the most gorgeous city halls there is. It's a, a fantastic building. Uh, so the connection between city hall and old city, which is where independence hall, the Liberty bell, all that stuff is. It'd be nice to have kind of a, a nicer connection between those two areas. And if they could kind of, you know, spruce that up a little bit, that would be great. Uh, it's, you got to make sure the Sixers are actually putting that money into it. And actually like the plan would work out like that. And I, I got to say though, they can't call it 76 place. That's a terrible name. That's an absolutely atrocious name. Like, terrible. They, and you know what else I don't like? I don't like how it has, like, the Philadelphia script on the side of, like, the top. Of the, have you seen that? How it has, like, yeah, that yeah. just looks dumb. Like, it looks you dumb. know what? I feel like right now they're just calling it that. Like, they're going to, I'm sure they'll sell the rights to, like, some sort of, um, you know. Oh, corporation yeah, yeah. or something. Like, it'll yeah. probably be the fucking Philadelphia, oh Philadelphia cream cheese arena or some shit. I would love that. Something that actually says Philadelphia because all this shit is Citizens Bank Park and Lincoln Financial Field and the Wells Fargo Center. What's the one? Can you please look up what Pittsburgh just changed their football? Oh, God. Field too, because Heinz Field was pretty much the only acceptable corporate sponsor that you could have for a football field in Pittsburgh that made sense. Yeah. Because Heinz is Pittsburgh. That is the pit. The only thing that would I don't know if there's like a Pittsburgh Steel Corporation or something. That's the only other thing that you could really have that would uh, be such an appropriate name for an arena in Pittsburgh. And Heinz Field is no more. They're changing it to is it like an it's, insurance it's company or something? Acrosure Stadium. Oh my god, that's gross. What even is Acrosure? Let's see. I I don't know. Um, I don't... To maintain presence. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Gonna read their corporate like their corporate statement. So apparently Heinz is going to be still involved with the Acrosure Stadium. Apparently they're still going to have Heinz ketchup oh at the at the stadium. If they if they didn't have Heinz ketchup at the stadium, everyone in Pittsburgh would just 
collapse. I mean, oh my god, what would they do without putting their fucking ketchup on their french fry shit sandwiches? Um, let me see. <laughs> Don't forget the coleslaw, my Oh, friend. yeah. You can't forget my the god. coleslaw. My god, what a shitty fucking food city. French fries and coleslaw. It's the worst, it's the most sandwich. overrated food city on the face of the earth. Um, <laughs> I'm not even, I swear to god, it's such a stupid city. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's close to? This is the content I create. You know what Pittsburgh's near? What's that? Ohio. Oh, your favorite state. So fuck Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, Akershore is a fine tech, fintech, financial term. Yeah. Who, oh, who my knows? God. They do some financial Insurance bullshit. Broking. Who cares? They yeah, suck. They suck ass. It's not Heinz Field. It's a name that does not roll off the tongue. It sucks. It's a terrible name. There's a reason we call Lincoln Financial Field the link, because nobody wants to say Lincoln Financial yeah. Field. They just want to say the link. Citizens Bank Park usually is called CBP. Right. Like, we don't... We call the Wells Fargo Center... The like, Farg. Some people call it the Farg, because nobody wants to say the Wells Fargo Center. We all miss when it was the uh, the FU Center, the first Union Center. <laughs> FU Center was perfect. I feel... <laughs> yeah, it is. I feel like... I'm kind of, like, cool with Lincoln Financial Field now, because, like... It's been that for so long that that's just what it is. If they, like, lose the, you know, if the term or whatever runs up and then they change it to something stupid like, uh, I don't know, what's a dumb company? <laughs> They're all dumb. Like, what if it, like, if it becomes, like... Please hire me, dumb If it becomes company. crypto field, I'll... Oh, there, okay. You found the one that really... I'll the the only that. one that would fire me up right there. Crypto field would do it. Crypto.com field. NFT field. NFT field. Uh, sorry, I don't know oh if you heard, God. but my phone was just going off, and I thought I had it on silent. WT. You idiot. You idiot. Yeah. Oh, God. Imagine if um, Tortorella was in this thing with us. Oh, he'd, uh, he'd shut it down. He's like hockey John Taffer over there. <laughs> shut it down. Whose phone is that? <laughs> so th- the other thing I want to say on this front is... I do think it's intriguing from having better things to do around the stadium because as it currently stands, Xfinity Live sucks. Okay. It looks fun. Like I've never been long. there, but it looks fun for someone who's never been there. It's, it's not. It's not. Everything's overpriced. It's not. Well, it's, it's not you could say the same thing about the live casino, too. Sure. The rooms? <laughs> dude, the room is like... But, wait, wait, wait. But, well, 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 we could say that, but you know what? We're not going to say that because we had a wonderful time at the draft party that they hosted. Oh, yes. So we're not going to say Very that. Very true. That was a really and Guy fun Fieri's in there. There's a there's a Guy Fieri restaurant in there. We can't fit Oh god, the name I didn't even know that. Okay. The Live Casino when Flavortown is there. Yeah, dude, no, absolutely not. It's like a burger joint or something, but you know, hey, a Guy Fieri Oh, we love the Live Casino. Come on, nothing wrong with that. But as somebody who really enjoys a lot of restaurants in that general area, there are so many great things that you could go to, so many great places that you could go to instead of, you know, getting a $9 bucket of crab fries, basically. And, I, and again, I, I enjoy a nine bucket, $9 bucket of crab fries, especially when I'm a little intoxicated. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, like I want some variety. I want some different options. I want to be able to walk around and then I could go to the Sixers game. So, you know, I've come around. I'm into it now. And uh, fuck it. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The uh, I just hope that the conspiracy theory is that 
the Sixers know this isn't actually going to happen so that they can use this as motivation to build a stadium in Camden where they'll get very cheap property. And I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. Not that, you know, dis- no disrespect to the good people of Camden, but I already hate crossing the bridge just to go to but then they wouldn't be at- they wouldn't be the Philadelphia 76ers, though, then. Oh, my friend, New Jersey is home to a number of teams that say they're from another city that aren't see the New York Jets. And oh, I know. But like that annoys me. Oh, it annoys me, too. I annoys the hell out of me. And also, I don't like crossing the bridge at all. (laughs) But I especially don't like crossing the bridge. Like, so there's a great concert venue. Uh, that changed its name every two years. So I don't even know what to call it anymore. When I was a kid, it was like the E-Center or the Tweeter Center. At some point, it was the Susquehanna Bank Center. I don't even know what the fuck it's called now. But there's one with like a lawn and everything. A lot of big bands play there. It's great, but it's a giant pain in the ass to get to. There's a ferry that leaves way too early coming back to Philly. Uh, But, you know, and nobody really wants to... Like, I guess I could get a, a $30 Uber back from there or something. But, you know, it's not ideal. And I don't really like crossing to go to those concerts. And there's some great bands that play that. I think by law, team names, like their city should be where the, like the city that the arena is. Or at least like really close. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Camden's really close to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Like, y- you could walk that bridge pretty quickly. But it, it is another city. It is another state. And I, I oh. believe me, I think they all should be in the oh, city. Oh, dude. So, all right. So this is like totally like out of left field. This is like kind of related, but not really. New Yorkers are such posers. They, they claim that the statue of Liberty, like they take it like it's theirs. It's in New Jersey. The statue of Liberty is in New Jersey. Is that right? Is that technically right? Yes. Look at it on a map. I didn't know. It's in New Jersey. (laughs) Greatest city in the world. My ass. God fucking New Yorkers. Fucking New Yorkers. That's what it comes back around to. We're just going to shit on every other city. Well, and, you know, Philadelphia's perfect. Dude, let's do, let's, even close let's to do Columbus next. I love it yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about yeah, Columbus. It's I don't know anything city. about Columbus except, except Jeff Carter didn't want to go there, so he holed himself up in uh, Sea Isle City in uh, New Jersey, and that was pretty much My it. friend Will Chase, shout out Will. He, uh, he covers the Blue Jackets. I think he's from Ohio, um, and he covers the Blue Jackets for... Uh, fuck, I'm blanking on the site right now. But um, he used to write for the canon at SB Nation. And um, he's an awesome dude. And he thinks I hate Ohio because of him. I do not. I hate Ohio because it's Ohio. That's why I hate Ohio. Go check out Will's stuff at jacketjerks.com. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I would not go to that website. I don't know what that website is, but... I probably wouldn't go there. I don't think it's real. It reminds me of the um, Blink-182 album, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Oh, it's a... I was going to say a classic, but it's certainly one that I remember. It's a great, great, wonderful album. Great, wonderful album right there. Blink-182. Well, guys, regardless of the Sixer Stadium, it's going to be a while until... We will see any sort of move because it's not until 2031, which just feels forever away. And who knows if we'll even have a country by then. The Flyers might have won a game by then. Ooh, maybe even like had a winning season by then. Oh, Oh, Steve, relax. (laughs) Playoffs, baby. Not this year. Not this year. Don't listen, Torts. Don't listen to me.
Actually, Torts, maybe take it easy this year. Be bad for Bedard. Blow it for bad Bedard. Bad for Bedard, baby. Yeah. I like blow it for Bedard. I think that's Yeah, that's I, a good I one. Prefer. That's a much better one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, blow it! Bedard for Bedard. Now, I think you're stretching. Yeah, a that's bit. a little I'm too much. Stretching a little bit. Stretch! Real quick. Now, Ryan isn't familiar with the rest of development at all. It's one of my favorite shows. I was asked by Topher John, if it flies, it spies on Twitter to do the Flyers front office as the rest of development characters real quick. So I'm going to knock this out real quick. So Bob Clark, Bob Clark's George senior. He's the real guy controlling the Flyers behind the scenes. And if Bob Clark has a cornballer out there, I would not be surprised. Dave Scott is Lucille Bluth because I could see Dave Scott asking how much a banana could cost. How much could a free agent cost? $50 million. Paul Holmgren, Joe Bluth. Come on. He made the draft picks disappear. Chuck Fletcher, Tobias Funke. He used to be Michael, you know, but yeah, since then he's put his foot in his mouth over and over. Probably joined the Blue Man Group. I could see Chuck doing that. Danny Briere is Michael Bluth. He's the prodigal son who has to, he has to return home to clean up a mess. I almost made him George Michael because he's got those boyish good looks, but, you know, not quite. I think he's Michael in this. And then I got Dean Lombardi, who I didn't even realize is still around in the front office. What a thing I found out that Dean Lombardi is still a senior advisor to this team. He's Barry Zuckercorn because everybody in the front office will say, Dean's very good. He's not. Uh, Dean, Dean has his uses, but I don't know why he's still around in this front office. I, I, have, I had no idea he was still there. I didn't know Bill Barber was a senior advisor. There, there are so many senior advisors I had no idea about until I looked this up this week. There should be exactly one senior advisor. The Flyers and none of them six. should be the people who are currently a senior advisor. <laughs> Paul Holmgren, Bob Clark, Dean Lombardi, Bill Barber, just a whole bunch of guys. I don't, I, I forget if there were more than that, but they were all senior advisors in there. Yeah, no, that's far too many. Get rid of all of them. Get rid of them all. Shut it down. Shut it the fuck down. We love you guys. We love the bullies. We love everything you did. But maybe, maybe it's time to take a break. Retire. Just go, retire. Like, just go to the. You lake. had a long, arduous playing career. Just go to sleep. Take a like. Go get a cottage in Canada where you're all from. That's what everybody does. Everybody. I was, you know, be it, like Pierre Lebrun. Um, a day after. Be like Bobby Margarita. Oh, okay? my God. Yeah, really. Bob McKenzie is living his bet life right now. It's fucking bet life. I can't keep saying it. Bob McKenzie is living a great life right now. He's just still putting hockey rumors out there, but he also is peddling canned margaritas everywhere chilling. he can. Like, I just, just don't chilling. get. Like, Bob Clark, you're, you're so old. <laughs> we love you, but... Go to the lake, Dude, please. like, why are you doing... Why are you still working? You don't have to do this. You can just literally lay around and not do anything. Never have to buy a drink in Philadelphia no. ever. Because you're a legend. Just, we love you. Like, go to a cottage and just look at the lake with your grandkids. I assume he has grandkids. Just, like, I don't know. Just hang out with your family at the lake forever. You can do that. Just chill. Just, you know... We just need the fresh start protocol, right? Just all new guys, okay, that have never been associated with the Flyers organization to work on rebuilding the Flyers organization. Yes. That's all I want. It's just a fresh start. In fact, I would switch with the Kraken right now if I Oh, could. my God, yeah, I would. 
In a heartbeat. Just build up for Aside from Hackstall, like the only thing I would get rid of is Hackstall. Like the roster? Sure, but that's easy. The roster? I would absolutely. I mean, besides, Hackstall is probably going to get canned by like next year, probably. Like, I don't know. But like they have <laughs> actual Dave. talent and they have young players. And I don't know. I, I need to stop talking. I'm getting pissed off again. <laughs> I, I'm, my, Ryan's upset. My blood pressure is going up again. We don't need that. We need to chill. It's Friday afternoon. We need to hang out and we need to relax. And folks, I think that's where we wrap it up before Ryan gets too upset. You can just uh, relax and enjoy his 100 degree weekend. But <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Ryan, where can people find you? On the Twitter machine. On the Twitter machine. At Ryan Quigley. Or, oh, Jesus, I just messed up my own uh, uh, handle. At Ryan Quiggs. With You're a full. Z. With a Z. With a Z. With a Z. Quiggs. Quiggs. Like sheets. Everybody's favorite. Sheets. Fuck off sheets. <laughs> Ohio ass, uh. Pittsburgh ass gas station. <laughs> I'm sure they got them in Ohio, uh. those fucking losers. They're fine when you're drunk. That's pretty much it. Uh, Quiggs is on Twitter, and I am on Twitter at FlyPurbly or at SDayBob. If it's for hockey purposes, make it FlyPurbly. Follow FlyPurbly on Instagram. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. I made a FlyPurbly TikTok, but I don't know what the fuck to do with it, so I might put content out there at some point, but who knows? I'm too old to really understand how those things work. Yeah, I also don't know TikTok, so. Hey. I'm a million years old, guys. A million. Folks, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Stay cool out there. It's very hot. Hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And social distance and all that stuff if you can. I know people aren't doing it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Sorry, I was chewing cereal. <laughs> Motherfucker. I will respond in three, two, one.